You may be seated. Good morning, family. Good to see all of you here this morning. It's nice to have a morning where you come out and you're not assaulted with wetness. Right? I didn't feel like I had to swim out to the car this morning to get to Coffee and Connect, which, by the way, starts at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings. It's good to see Mr. Estes here this morning. He had a little vacation this past week, along with uh, Brian Leger had a little vacation as well. Both of them seem to be doing well this morning, so we're thankful for that. I want to encourage you guys this morning, it's always easy to complain, especially as it pertains to leadership. But let's make it our goal to not be complainers, but encouragers. In particular, for the elders here at Boulevard, encourage them, because I guarantee you they hear more discouragement than they hear encouragement, and that should not be the case for us. We should be a people who are encouraging them in their service to the Lord and to us as we move forward, and I would encourage you to take part in that. I want to remind everybody, if you have not picked up a bulletin, do so. The Joie de Vivre is going to give you some information on upcoming things that are happening here at Boulevard, but we'll just remind you that next Sunday, 6 p.m., everybody needs to rearrange their calendars from the last year because we're going to start getting back together here at 6 o'clock. Now, you think you're excited about that. You just wait because I might tell you about something else later. But 6 p.m., we're going to start doing devotionals here at the building. Encourage everybody to be here. Remind all the kids that's also Promotion Sunday. Jay Will has something planned, I am sure, for you guys, so you move up in your classes. want to remind everybody, if you're over the age of 39, is that, I don't think that's the age. Uh, 50? Okay, over the age of 50, 39ers are meeting here at 1030 uh, again, and I think Nick's doing gumbo, is that right? Okay, and I guess you're meeting the new preacher whoever that guy is, and his wife. She's way better than he is. And finally, before we get into... Was that my sister that said something? You thought you were eating lunch today. Finally, before we get into the lesson, I don't know if you heard, but it needs to be pro publicly proclaimed that there is some excitement in the air this morning that we have a new sister. Anne-Marie decided Friday night, after eating all the good food and spending all that time with those of us at the house, that she was going to put on her Lord in baptism, and she made that choice Friday evening. And I mentioned it to her this morning, and I would mention it to all of you as well. There is no better decision a person can make on this planet than deciding to give their lives to the Lord. To put him on in baptism, to be raised out of that water, new creature, no guilt, no sin, we're thankful. Amen. We're thankful. This morning we're going to start a series in the book of Mark. If you want to open up your Bibles to there, I'd encourage you to do so. This is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to tell you to read a chapter before the upcoming sermon. And so this week you actually get two weeks because we're going to be out of town next week. Uh, Brother Hyatt's going to be delivering the message. So you have two whole weeks to read the first chapter of Mark, but I thought we would get into some introduction stuff this morning just to kind of set the stage and the pace for what we're going to be doing as we go through the book. Yeah, I'm not an old man by any shape of the imagination, although some mornings when I wake up, I feel like an old man. But the older I get, 
The more interested I become in, or I, I get in those days of the pioneer days of our country's past. All right, now understand, yeah, I grew up in Westlake and we lived here and Louisiana history is far more fascinating than Montana history, okay? And you move up there and they're like, let's talk about the mountain men. And you're going, as a high schooler going, mountain men? Where are the pirates? <laughs> right? Let's talk about Jean Lafitte for something interesting, please, because it's, it's the same story, just different places for these mountain men as you look at the story. But the older I get, the more interesting they become because you start to learn a little bit about who they are, especially the ones that would go out there all by themselves to do these things, or these guys that were the same age as some of these kids sitting up on the front pew, like John Coulter, like John Coulter. Like John Coulter. There he is. He's 17 years old in this picture. No, he's not. He's not. You guys familiar with John, who John Coulter is or was? Youngest member of the Lewis and Clark expedition. He joined at 17 and went on an expedition where there was no real promise of return of who he would, what fate he would make for himself as he went out, but John Coulter very quickly became known to Lewis and Clark as the man who they would trust to send out all by himself to negotiate with the Indians, to find mountain passes, to find food for the expedition. He was the guy that they looked for to go and blaze the trail, to pioneer their pioneering as they're moving across the country and doing what they're called to do. Now understand, this guy is tougher than woodpecker lips, okay? Especially when you read about Coulter's Run. You guys heard of Coulter's Run? I think it was a Charlton Heston movie, wasn't it? When he wasn't being Moses. The man was tougher than tough to the point where he had 1,500 Blackfeet Indians chasing him over miles and he had already been shot in the leg and he was naked. This man blazed a trail so that others could follow. And trailblazers and pioneers are a necessity, especially when we're moving into unknown territory and we don't know what's there. We need someone to go before us to tell us what's happening, to tell us the best route through whatever terrain that is out there. It is a requirement for humanity if we want to grow and expand. They do this by example, they do it by teaching, they bring us where we need to be, and that's what Mark's gospel presents to us. Jesus, the trailblazer. Jesus, the pioneer. God in flesh as a man living and operating in this world, showing us what it looks like to actually live among humanity. And, and when you think about it in spiritual terms, we all, we all know this, but man's lost his way. We lost our way because of sin. And so it becomes necessary that we have someone to lead the way out of it and show us what life now is all about. That's why when we read verses like Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 10, he says, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom through, excuse me, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Now, we understand that that pioneer that the writer is talking about is Jesus, right? 
Now, your translation may have a different word than pioneer. This is the NIV. Some translations will use the word author. What it really boils down to is that God sent a trailblazer, a pioneer, in order that mankind could follow and be brought to glory. And he's able to do this because of what he accomplished while he is sharing our humanity. This is, a, this is the point the Hebrew writer is making, that we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize. Jesus experienced humanity to its fullness. And he can lead us to where God is calling us to be. Our study through Mark this time around is not going to be so much, uh, what, what would Jesus do? You guys remember that WWJD thing? Listen, for us as God's people, we shouldn't be asking the question, what would Jesus do? We should be asking the question, what did Jesus do? Because he lived in every scenario that we're going to experience in this world. And if we have a question about how to do or what to do in those situations, all we got to do is just go back and look at what he did. And then follow in his footsteps as we go through this. And often I think when people look at Jesus, boy, I really can't. There we go. I think when people look at Jesus, there's this temptation that's out there to feel like we can't do what he did, right? You ever feel that temptation? You see Jesus do something, you see him just acting perfectly in every situation, making the right choice all the time, and we go, man, there is no way I can do that. And here's the excuse we use for why we can't do what Jesus did. You guys know where I'm going with this, don't you? Well, he's God. Of course we can't do what Jesus did. And to some extent, I think we're right. Yeah, I don't think we're going to go out there with five loaves and two fish and feed the city of Lake Charles. The miracles that he performed. I, I can't raise anybody from the dead. I don't think any of you can either in physical terms, the way we see our Lord doing it on this earth. And so to a certain extent, we're right that there are some things that we see Jesus doing that are just impossible for us to do. We can't do those things. But do we also understand that because Jesus is also human, that that excuse only goes so far? That there are those things that Jesus did as a man, the example that he set, that we can actually accomplish? That we can be those things and those people for the example that he set? Now think about this for a second. As we read Mark chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Mark chapter 1, 21 and 22. I'll give you a second to turn over there. <clears throat> they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now we see Jesus, excuse me, doing this a lot, teaching uh, in the synagogue, in the temple, all sorts of places where we see Jesus teaching. And I want us to focus on that phrase, he was teaching them as one having authority that we see there in verse 22. And again, we could fall into the trap and temptation. It would be easy to say, of course he was one teaching with authority. He's God. It's Jesus. He has the right to power. But let me ask you guys the question. Where does authority come from? Where does authority come from? 
And is the authority that is being ascribed to Jesus here in verse 22 the same authority that's been given to us? Right? Because was, was Jesus' teaching his own? Is that where the authority came from? Because the basis of authority is based in the source. It's rooted in the source. Look at John chapter 7. My teaching is not my own. This is Jesus speaking. It comes from him who sent me. In John chapter 12. For I did not speak on my own initiative, but... The Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. Again, just in case we missed it the first two times. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. The word that you hear is not my own. It is from the Father who sent me. Any teaching that Jesus does, where is the source? Who is the source? The Father is the source. And when, so when Mark may not get into all of the details of this teaching that he presents in the synagogue, but they're looking at him and they're amazed because he is teaching as one with authority that it's strange to think of Jesus not acting on his own initiative in the teaching, but this is the Father who's granting him that authority to teach this way, to speak these things. And that authority that God granted to Jesus is just as available to us today. We are not left to flounder in this world as ones who don't have authority. We have that same authority. Somebody needs mama. That Jesus' authority is exercised because it comes directly from the Father and it is grounded in the fact that he is living a life guided by the Father. He's teaching the will of the Father. And when he's teaching the real will of the Father, the people recognize it as such. They see it as authority. Not because it's Jesus, but because it's God's word. Now later they will recognize it because it's Jesus, because his track record will be such that everywhere he goes, he speaks with this same authority. But understand, this is Mark chapter 1. And who is Jesus? Isn't this guy Joseph's son? It's the will of the Father that Jesus presents. The parallel verse in Matthew chapter 7 is after the Sermon on the Mount, and that's when the people recognize and say, man, this guy isn't like the scribes and Pharisees. He's actually presenting the will of God to us, and this is, authority. Hey, this is authoritative, this is powerful the message he's presenting. It cha it's changing me, the message that I hear, which, by the way, is the purpose of God's word and will. To change the listener into something that God wants them to be. And here's the deal, guys. I've said it already. I'm going to say it again for those in the cheap seats. The authority that Jesus is exercising is supposed to be exercised by us as well. Because when we live this way, people will notice. They may be amazed. They may glorify God. Hey, they may even try to kill us. 
but it doesn't matter how they respond. What matters is how we operate under the authority that has been given to us by God. And that's the life we see Jesus living. Because that's what a life living under the authority of the Father looks like. And we have this in us. It has been granted to us. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4 real quick. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11. Peter reminds us, he says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen? So as we begin to work through Mark's gospel, as we begin to live and operate in this world, let's do so as one with authority. Because we have the authority. We carry the truth as a banner. We work as his ambassadors. That gives us confidence to operate in that authority. What did our scripture reading said? That God has not granted to us a spirit of timidity, but power. Do we feel powerful? Because to us it has been granted to carry the most powerful message ever delivered to humanity. Let's be a powerful people. Let's be a people who live and operate under the authority of the Father because that's the life we have chosen to live. And because we have chosen to live that life, we know that God will take care of the rest. Your challenge for the week. Embrace the power that God has put within you. Embrace the authority that he has granted to you. Speak the utterances of God. Speak the truth in all things to people. Austin has a song for us. We're going to stand and sing that here in a moment. But let's use this opportunity to do some serious self-reflection as we're singing this song to the Lord and to each other, that we, we recognize where we're at in this, in this state of things as we're living our lives and humble ourselves to that authority. This, is, this, this authority that God has given us is not meant to give us a big head, even though some of us, God just did that for us anyway. But not to make us be, think too much of ourselves, but it's meant to humble us to a point where we actually live the life he's calling us to live. We can do it. I know we can do it, because God doesn't make a promise that he doesn't keep. So we can be that this week. We can be that next week. We can be that for the next 50 years if that's the time that God allots to us. We've got to humble ourselves on this. And so we can spend this time in reflection, putting ourselves back under that authority if that's what needs be. If you need to make confession before the body, this is an opportunity to gather strength and courage to be put back in that right relationship with God through your choice. Or you're ready to become a Christian. 
to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, which we'll deal with as we go through Mark. To die, be buried in baptism, and raised a new creation. Whatever it is that we can do for you this morning, the elders encourage you to make that known by coming forward while we stand and sing. Awesome. Jesus.